Hello and welcome to the Interactive Investor Podcast, where we discuss matters of investment interest. I'm Richard Hunter, Head of Markets, and in this episode I'm delighted to be joined by George Ensor, Manager of the River and Mercantile UK Microcap Investment Company. George graduated from Bristol University with an upper second class degree in chemistry in 2008, before joining Smith & Williamson Investment Management as a graduate trainee, where he worked for five years as an analyst and private client investment manager. George joined River and Mercantile Asset Management in March 2014 as a UK equity analyst and took on the management of the company in February 2018. George is a CFA charter holder. So firstly, George, many thanks uh, for joining us. A warm welcome and thank you for sparing us some of your time. Thank you for your time and the, and the invitation, Richard. So starting from the top in terms of the uh, microcap uh, investment company, could you perhaps just talk us through some of the objectives and, and investment style of the trust? And uh, it might be a good idea just to start with for our listeners also to say what we mean when we're discussing microcaps. Yeah, absolutely. I can come to that in, in the description, I guess. So, you know, very broadly, what we're trying to do is invest in a part of the market which is being overlooked by many investors. Not not everyone, but it's it's a part of the market. The market we're looking at is, is free float market cap of 20 to 100 million. And that is a part of the market which is overlooked by many investors. And it's overlooked broadly for two reasons. One is the shares down there are, are very illiquid. And so to own a concentrated fund of those illiquid holdings in an open-ended fund is it's challenging. It's not impossible, but it is it is very challenging. And secondly, you know, there is a lack of research on microcap companies. It's typically corporate only. So, you know, the vast majority of the holdings we have will be covered by one analyst who, you know, is the corporate analyst and they will write broadly maintenance research because that's the way the market has has moved. So it's a really interesting part of the market. There are 450 stocks that have a free float market cap of 20 million to 100 million in the UK. So that is a, a pretty rich universe. We're looking to run a concentrated portfolio of 30 to 50 stocks so broadly owning one in ten of that universe and to do that we need to have an investment trust to be able to exploit that liquidity premium and not worry about daily flows we need to have the investment trust and a second aspect of the trust which is unique is we've always said that we we can't run too much money so we've always said a hundred million which is broadly where we are at the moment is the right amount of capital to run investing in these micro caps we typically invest down to 20, 30, 40 million. And we want to have a meaningful stake in that business. And so we have from time to time returned capital to shareholders. And that's something we've done three times since we IPO'd the company in 2014. And we will continue to do that so that the trust is the is the right size for investors. You touched on style. There is a growth bias to the trust. I think um, if I was to explain a very typical investment, and they don't obviously all work out like this, but if we were to buy a 50 million market cap company potentially IPO or maybe through the market and that company could compound 25 to 30 35 percent earnings growth over a three-year time period um, so the earnings double over that time period and you get a re-rating perhaps a 50 percent re-rating 
well then we would make 200% on that investment and and the re-rating is on the back of that 50 million market cap company moving to 150 million market cap company still having those strong um, fundamental um, growth attributes and being picked up by the larger open-ended smaller company funds that that want to to start building positions and we've seen that over the five five to six nearly six years now that we've run the the company that it's come from those you know successful growth companies that re-rate and go up through the market caps and and then we we make our exit so we we don't sell a company when it gets to 100 million market cap we have we have no upper threshold that we are required to sell a company but clearly as they re-rate we tend to take profits and recycle that into into smaller names so the mean market cap is about 100 million and I guess the fact that um, many of these uh, uh, companies at the beginning of what is hopefully a steep growth curve are typified, particularly in the, in the smaller parts of the market, by uh, not paying a dividend. Um, so it's growth rather than income and choosing possibly to reinvest the, uh, any profits into the business. Yeah, I mean, t- typically that will be the case. We are not looking for income and we, and we don't pay a yield. So it's not a consideration I make. We will always look at free cash flow yield. Dividend yield is a, is a, is a capital allocation allocation decision and and if a company is growing and have has attractive levels of returns and has a market cap of say 50 to 100 million then you know my view would be it's more sensible for the for the management to reinvest that at, at an attractive return that said we do have some businesses that that do pay a dividend because they're very cash generative and they they feel it's the right thing to do and ticks boxes for other shareholders for for them to pay dividends so we have a total returns approach but yeah you're right the, the yield on the underlying portfolio is is very low. In terms of the fact that it's obviously a, a UK investment trust, what what does the sector allocation look like? One of the surprises investors have when they talk to us is that there is an expectation that it's going to be very UK domestic biased because they're very small companies and they're listed in the UK. Because AIM is such a good place to list, it's actually, there's a huge amount of diversification. And we've got broadly the same split of earnings in the investment trust as as the wider numerous smaller companies um, benchmark does, which is 50-50, sterling, non-sterling. We don't run the portfolio on a sector basis. So we're not going out trying to allocate capital to different sectors because we think those sectors are going to outperform over the next year or three years. So it's a product of the bottom up stock picking. And, you know, when I go through the allocation by sector, some of them wouldn't be what you'd expect. So we've got a very large energy overweight. We've got 11% in energy versus 5% for the benchmark. We actually have no exposure to oil. So we've got a couple of gas businesses in there. We've also got Techmar Energy in there, which is a, an offshore wind play and capital drilling, which provides drilling equipment to gold miners in, in Africa. So that's probably one of our largest kind of overweights. And as I've said, we've got no exposure to oil. One of the sectors we've added to recently has been the the consumer sector. So consumer discretionary and consumer staples. We've bought several stocks in that sector, including Jules, which is the, the high street retailer and, and City Pubs, obviously the pub company. So overall, we would now be about in line um, with the benchmark on, on consumer stocks having been materially underweight for, for some time. 
typically because we like growth companies with attractive levels of returns there's quite a few tech businesses or businesses that maybe aren't reported by MSCI in in IT but are certainly tech enabled and so they're trying to disrupt their industries whatever whichever industries they, they might be through the use of technology and take market share through that disruption so with that bottom up investment approach in mind um could you talk us through perhaps just a, a couple of your your top holdings at the moment one of the ones i i met recently um which is a top 10 is is litigation capital management so this is a stock similar to burford they finance litigation it's clearly a much smaller version it's been around for a long time it's actually a, an australian business business that listed on aim to get access to capital but what they don't do which is what burford do is is fair value accounting so they do um, cash accounting on their cases and they've got a very long track record of, of very attractive returns from the cases that they fund that's a business that trades at a pretty small premium to book value trades at a, a 1.6 1.6 times book value and is growing that book value so that you know we we think we talk about growth quality recovery and asset backed as the the four kind of fundamental um, attributes of businesses we look for i've said we, we've got a big growth bias but that would be an example of one of our our um our large quality holdings and then perhaps to talk through a, a growth stock keystone law has been one of our holdings since that business ipo'd that would fit the kind of the example of a stock that i gave you that would be very typical so a growth stock that can compound earnings at 25 to 30 percent keystone law has has delivered um, very attractive levels of organic revenue and profit growth if you think about what st james's place did to the ifa market it persuaded ifas to come and join them for a larger share of their revenue than they were getting at their previous firms in the world of law if you're a senior partner at a law firm you might take home 25 to 30 percent of your billings and keystone law has put in a, a, a platform where they hire lawyers to come and join them and those lawyers take home 75 percent of their billings they work from home they get support from from keystone law in terms of insurance paralegal support but they are essentially um, required to build their own business and there's a 75 25 percent share and, and that's been very disruptive it's one of the fastest growing law firms in the uk obviously given uh, what we've been through so far in 2020 it, it's been a, a very tough economic and investment backdrop how has your trust been coping in, in the current downturn? There's a couple of things to say here. I'd say it's been interesting that smaller companies, and, and obviously one of our, our big bets is that small caps outperform. Smaller companies largely underperformed the preceding two years. So 2018 and 2019, small caps largely underperformed. I think they outperformed in Q1-18 potentially Q2-18, I can't remember, and then they outperformed in Q4-19 post the general election, but in between they underperformed, and that, that's not typical. So I would say going into this, small caps versus large and mid caps were very cheap, and so that, that aided performance. And then when I look at the types of businesses that we can invest in, in microcap, given that there's a 100 million cutoff for new ideas, they don't tend to be very capital intensive businesses. So if you think of some of the businesses that have really struggled over the last six months, cruise liners, hotel companies, airliners, you have to start with a relatively material amount of capital to have those businesses. They don't frequent sub 100 million market cap unless they're trading at very large discounts to book value. And so we didn't have exposure to lots of those businesses. Similarly, we didn't have a lot of exposure to the UK consumer because we were quite cautious 
those through um, the back end of 2018 and 2019. And that, that cost us performance at the end of 2019, but, but certainly aided performance this year. And then we, we have had, it's, it's smaller now than it was, but we had about 10% of the portfolio exposed to, to precious metals. And about three quarters of that was exposed to gold stocks. And clearly gold's been one of the great performers. So if I look at the year to date performance, our benchmark is down 14% and, and we're up 7%. So we've outperformed by 21% this year. And it's, it's obviously very pleasing to have a, have a positive performance number this year. Absolutely. And obviously the, uh, the proverbial $64,000 question, one which we all wish we could answer, but given the backdrop that we've been talking about, what, what's your outlook from here? So yeah, it's it's a very difficult. Well, it's always difficult to have conviction about what happens in the future, and I think now more than more than any time, you can look at where we are now. And if I think about small caps versus large caps, there is still a large small cap discount, so that favours outperformance of small caps going forward. If I look at UK equity valuations versus the rest of the world, we're cheap. We're cheap versus our own history. So I think UK equities and UK small caps are an interesting place to be and that's supportive of performance going forward but clearly markets have have bounced a long way and um, you know there is an element of complacency in in some parts of the market and particularly in growth stocks given very depressed interest rates so I think we've got to run we've got to continue to run a very balanced approach we've always had a growth bias in this fund but I've been very careful not to own lots of expensive stocks so we're actually neutral on on valuation and we tend to stay away from highly geared stocks so we'll continue to do that look at look at return on capital growth rates and and invest in in well capitalized businesses and I think you know the opportunity is absolutely still there when I look at the portfolio of stocks there's there's some great businesses in there which are, are are very mispriced well that's terrific george um unfortunately that's uh, all we've got time for today so our thanks go again to george ensel manager of the river and mercantile uk micro cap investment company and thank you for listening also do join us next time for another interactive investor 